Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Locate Travel Podcast. No matter where you are in the world, thank you for tuning in. My name is Kate, and I'm the founder of Locate Travel, an actionable resource portal that helps you design your life abroad, one that you won't need a vacation from. You can check it out at locatetravel.com. That's L-O-K-A-T-E travel.com. During each episode of this podcast, I will be interviewing guests, sharing experiences, and uncovering the strategies and resources you need to build the life that makes sense for you, whether that is fully moving to another country or just finding new and exciting ways to inject more travel experiences in your life. There are options for everyone, no matter your life or financial situation. And this podcast and our blog is what I hope will help to get you there. So I hope you'll tag along on this adventure and join me for new episodes on tips, tricks, and advice on how you can get started. Today I'm joined by Allison Westfall from Step Abroad, a working holiday and internship placement agency passionate about helping you obtain personal and professional growth with work abroad experiences. A recognized organization by the Government of Canada, Step Abroad gives young Canadians the opportunity to experience work and travel in destinations around the globe. As one of Canada's fastest growing travel agencies based in downtown Vancouver, Step Abroad coordinates every aspect of the work and travel process for Canadians across the country. So Allison, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. So how long has Step Abroad been around for and how did this company come to be? So Step Abroad has been around since 2015, but it actually wasn't until 2017 that we really started focusing more on work experience-based programs. The program was actually started out of an initiative by the Canadian government to help more Canadians go abroad for work experiences and just to kind of get out in the world and experience living abroad. So we actually have a sister company called Step West, and they've been helping foreign youth come to Canada for work experiences since 2010. So Step Abroad was more just a natural extension. That's like you have a nice sort of exchange happening where we're sending Canadians abroad and then we're receiving people from all over the world to come to Canada to work or to study or whatever it might be. Yes. Yeah, exactly that. Yeah. You guys are based in Vancouver and how big is your team there? Right now we are a small superhero team of four. Amazing. Yeah. Plus our prized uh, office doggy, whose name is Tater. And he, you know, helps out where he can, mostly just by you know, inspiring cute Instagram stories. (laughs) (laughs) Very cute. And can you walk me through what it means to be a recognized organization by the government of Canada? So a recognized organization is an organization that offers work and travel support to Canadian youth going abroad and also foreign youth coming into Canada. So just like that exchange deal that you just mentioned. So recognized organizations, they have been officially nominated by the government of Canada to provide these services. And the nomination is for a period of three years, at which point the organization has to then apply again. And so that way the Canadian government can just be sure that the support being offered to Canadians going abroad and to foreign youth coming into Canada consistently upholds the highest standards. Love that. So something that you're also connected to is the IEC, which is International Experience Canada. Can you talk about what that is? Is that an organization as well? Is that sort of underneath the government of Canada? What is IEC? 
Great question. So IEC is actually a program developed by the government of Canada. And so in this program, Canadians can go abroad for work and travel experiences. So there's partnerships with over 30 countries, and these partnerships are called youth mobility agreements. So youth mobility is exactly as it sounds. Essentially, it allows Canadian youth to go abroad to a foreign country and then foreign youth from that country to come to Canada. The IEC has something really interesting, and it's called a recognized organization or the RO status, right? Walk me through that. And is that something that Step Abroad has? Yes. Yep. So we do. As a recognized organization, we are listed on the Government of Canada's website as a support resource for Canadians and then also for foreign youth wanting to come to Canada. But essentially, it helps us differentiate ourselves from some of the larger organizations that offer similar programs and support to people all over the world. Those organizations don't necessarily know the pro processes specifically that Canadians need to go through in order to go work abroad. So it's a recognized organization. We are backed by the Canadian government and that way Canadians know that that our services and support is specifically tailored to them. Let's say someone is really interested about going abroad and they come across Step Abroad on a Google search or maybe your Instagram. What is sort of the average profile of a person who might engage with Step Abroad? Great question. So typically our program participants are first-time travelers or maybe someone who has traveled before but has never worked abroad. And so it's just kind of overwhelmed or confused by the process, everything you need to kind of take care of before you go and work in a foreign country. But typically, people that we speak with are between like 17 and 26. So either they're high school students, you know, thinking about doing a gap year after they graduate, or maybe they have recently graduated from a post-secondary program. And before they kind of jump in their, into their careers, want to go explore the world and at the same time, make a bit of money while traveling or get some experience on their resume through an international internship. But even sometimes we'll speak with students who are halfway through their program and yeah, just kind of want to uh, take the time in their youth to go experience living abroad. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And we also speak with Canadian youth that after high school started working for a couple years and have been able to save up some money and then, you know, feel at that point that they're ready to go abroad and do some traveling and, and working at the same time. Very cool. So it's a a mix of students or people who have already started their work experience after school. So there's options for both parties, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And let's say someone stumbles across Step Abroad. They're super excited about your organization and the idea of going abroad. What kind of services do you offer students or people who have already started within the workforce? The services that we offer, they do differ between our various programs. But in general, we offer tons of support prior to leaving Canada. So we have a resume writing guide and we spend a lot of time working on our participants' resumes, doing revisions. And then in addition to that, we'll walk them through the work permit application. We have a step-by-step guide and we'll usually jump on a video call and just make sure that they really have a deep understanding of the application process for that specific type of visa. And then in some programs, we'll actually place our participants in a job and their accommodation prior to leaving Canada. So it's really nice in that way in those programs that there's a lot of security knowing exactly what you're getting into but Mm -hmm. other programs we actually have a lot more flexibility so we'll provide our participants 
participants with all the resources and tools that they need to land a job abroad in the particular country of their program. And that way it gives them more freedom to start working when they want, where they want, and in the type of job that they are interested in. We also hold very thorough what we call a pre-departure orientation. So in the weeks leading up to their departure, we just kind of have another video call. We go through tons of helpful information on traveling around that country, how to find an apartment, how to file taxes, different resources for meeting people, of course, finding a job if that's part of the program and just tons of really helpful advice. And then when they arrive in the country, depending on the program, they'll maybe have airport pickup, their first few nights of accommodation, and then they'll attend an arrival orientation where they'll just get a little more oriented in the country, learn more about like the public transit, maybe working customs. They can also take language courses if it's uh, a non-English speaking country. And then that's when they'll get set up with their cell phone, bank, and tax account. And then essentially throughout their entire time abroad, we act as their go-to resource, helping them in any way we can. You know, everything from travel tips to, yeah, maybe meeting new people or filing their taxes, even when they return back to Canada. Wow, that's a lot of services. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're there every step of the way. <laughs> that's amazing. And you guys offer it all. That's incredible. <laughs> I noticed on your website, you have listed a working holiday and also internship options. And there's obviously different countries associated with those. What is the difference between a working holiday and an internship? Working holidays are for someone looking to obtain temporary casual work uh, while they're abroad. And that's basically in order to make money to support their travels. These kinds of temporary casual jobs would be in, say, customer service, tourism, sales, retail, or even labor or construction. Those are kind of typical jobs done by working holiday travelers. Whereas an internship is for someone looking for more professional work experience in a more specific field, something like business, communications, engineering, science, or even law, for example. So basically, at the end of the day, working holidays, just sort of supplementing your travels, casual work, whereas internship might be more appropriate for people who are a little bit more career focused to gain international working experience and to sort of beef up their resume, so to speak. Yes, then. yeah, exactly. And what kind of destinations are available to Canadians through your programs, whether it's a working holiday or an internship? Yeah, so we have work and travel programs uh, right now in five countries. We do hope that, you know, one day we'll be adding more countries to the list. But right now we have programs in the UK, Japan, Chile, Australia, and New Zealand. And so in total, Canadians can actually get working holiday visas for over 30 countries, which is incredible. So there's a lot more out there than just the five countries that we offer. But um, most of those countries are in Europe, I'd say about 20 of them, give or take. And then in addition to the five countries I listed for our programs, there's also Hong Kong, Taiwan, South Korea, and Costa Rica. Wow, that's amazing. So basically, if you're wanting to go to a country in the world and it's on your bucket list, it sounds like it's included somewhere along the lines, whether that's through your programs or the work mobility visas that are offered through Canada's uh, Yes, yeah, exactly. And so our five programs are in the countries that are included on that youth mobility list of 30 countries. That's mm -hmm. amazing. What's the application process like for someone who wants to get started and is either interested in a working holiday or an internship? Where would they start? Would they directly reach out to you? Is there a special application process on your website? Walk yeah, of that. course. Yeah. So we do have our application form is on our website. It's a super quick form. It's just kind of where we gather just some personal information, emergency contact information, and then of course the, the program that person is interested in applying to. And so after they apply, 
essentially will receive their information. We just verify that they would be eligible for the visa of the country that they're applying to and then that the program is really a right fit for them. So we do like to speak with our applicants on the phone before we officially accept them into our program just to kind of answer questions and just make sure that there's a full understanding of what the program is all about. The expected timeline is going to work out. And then once they're accepted, we notify them and that's when they would make a either a deposit to their program or pay the full program fee. And that kind of just depends on the timeline that they're looking to depart. Sometimes we'll have participants reach out to us up to a year in advance. And in that case, maybe they just want to make a deposit. But sometimes we also have people that are wanting to leave in like 30 days. <laughs> so pay their full <laughs> program fee and then we get their services started essentially right away after a participant makes either a deposit or the full program payment. And the first thing that we begin doing, like I mentioned earlier, is working on their resume, just because that is kind of the first tool for success when you go work abroad. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned that obviously there's program fees. So I assume that the program fees are to help with all of the incredible services that your company offers. And what do those program fees look like? Is there a range? Is there just one set fee? Does it have to be paid all at once? Can it be paid over a period of time? What works best for yeah, you? Yeah, so uh, you're exactly right. Our program fees cover the costs of all of the services that we provide. So in addition to that program fee, candidates are responsible to pay for their own flights to the destination country, travel insurance. And then in most cases, their accommodation and food, essentially their living expenses while they're abroad. Some of our programs, we do have uh, accommodation and or food covered, but in general, participants have to pay for their own living expenses while they're abroad. And then in addition to that, most countries charge a fee to apply for their working holiday visa. So that needs to be covered by the candidate. And we also offer language courses and a few other services for an additional fee. But like I mentioned, with the program fee, you could either pay the deposit and then pay the full program payment later at a time that works better for the candidate. But the, the remaining expenses will just kind of be incurred as they plan their trip and then while they're abroad. And is there one set fee or is it dependent on which program and country yeah, so, you apply yes, for? Yeah, so each program uh, has a different fee. And that's just because the services for each program do vary a little bit. And then there's also some expenses or some services, sorry, that are provided in country once they arrive. And then so the, the fees for those, uh, you know, vary depending on which country it is. So our program fee is just a one-time fee, though. It doesn't change depending on, you know, when you go or how long you go abroad for. It's just a one-time fee. But yes, there is a different fee for each program always a fun topic of conversation are the visas or travel documents that someone would need when going abroad. And obviously these can be vastly different depending on which country you're going to. So as a part of your services, I know that you help candidates a lot with this. And is there anything that candidates would need to keep in mind or prepare or is anything super common with these visas that different governments around the world look for outside of nationality or the fees for the visas themselves? Oh, that's a good question. So you're right that these visas can sometimes be a bit of a headache because each country is so completely different. You know, there's no standardized way of applying for these visas. But I mean, that's one thing that we will help our participants with through every step of the way, just preparing them for the application and also ensuring that everything is accurate in their application, that they understand everything they're filling out and submitting just so that they, you know, have a very, very high chance of getting their visa approved. But in terms of what the, the governments look for, 
for? That's really a tough question because, yeah, each government, the application process is so different. I mean, of course, for the youth mobility or aka working holiday visa, so you do need to be a Canadian citizen and have a valid passport. Of course, your passport has to be, you know, not reaching the expiry date within, I'd say, at least the next year. And then most countries do have a financial requirement, so they require you to prove what they call support funds. And that's just to make sure that someone who's going abroad, you know, has enough money to help themselves just get started on their working holiday or on their experience abroad. And they're not going to run out of money, essentially. I know that you had mentioned when we first started chatting that you offer currently five destinations. What kind of expansion plans, if any, does Step Abroad have for the future? Yeah, so we do, we are hoping to grow our list of countries and most importantly, make more Canadians aware of these work abroad opportunities that are available to them. You know, it's so common in Europe to do an Erasmus exchange or take a gap year. You know, doing a gap year is also very common in Australia. So we're hoping that in addition to kind of growing our portfolio of countries and programs that we offer, we're, we're more just hoping to be part of kind of a bigger movement where more and more Canadians go abroad and experience working and traveling and taking advantage of these opportunities that we have available to us. The working holiday visas is an example. I mean, 30 countries, that's just incredible. And to give a bit of context to that, Americans can only get working holiday visas to the list. It does change. So it's somewhere between like three and five countries. So the fact that Canadians can go work and travel in 30 countries is really incredible. And as soon as we tell people that, then they're just, they're amazed and they want to, you know, take advantage of those opportunities. So we're hoping to to be part of something really big and exciting and in helping the next generation of Canadians become global citizens. Wow, that is amazing. The difference between upwards of five countries yeah. to 30 countries, that's yeah. huge. Wow. Very cool to have a Canadian passport yes. these days. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. True. I love that. You know, what Step Abroad stands for, creating the next generation of global citizens. I think that's incredible. (laughs) And I've also met a lot of people here living in Spain and and talking to people about their Erasmus year, which unfortunately is not something that we have in Canada. And while I was lucky to to go on a study exchange when I was in university, it's not a very common thing like it is in Europe. And, you know, you talk to people here and Erasmus is always a common question like, oh, where did you study? And it's an assumption that you know you have studied abroad and you've lived in another country so I'm a huge advocate as you know (laughs) so something like Step Abroad I think is an incredible organization and so excited to highlight it and learn more and to share with so many people so I hope others can have these precious experiences of going abroad whether that's to work study to live whatever it might be I'm a huge advocate for that yeah thank you Mm -hmm. that's amazing (laughs) cool well I'd love to switch the conversation now from Step Abroad to a little bit about you because as someone who works for a travel type of company I'm sure you're very passionate about travel yourself oh that's very true (laughs) (laughs) so can you share a little bit about yourself you know where did you grow up are you originally from Vancouver or somewhere else in Canada walk me through a little bit of your life yeah so I was actually born in Calgary Alberta and I also grew up there I spent most of my summers growing up in my family's little Volkswagen camper van (laughs) touring around the Rockies. (laughs) Yeah, I think maybe all those hours spent, you know, looking out the window at some of honestly the most beautiful scenery in the world, maybe is what sparked my desire to get out uh, 
later in life and see the world. Very cool. And what have been some of your favorite destinations when you've gone and traveled? Oh, that's a very hard question. So I have actually been <laughs> very lucky to have traveled to somewhere over 40 countries. I've kind of stopped counting. Oh. Yeah. After high school, I did a working holiday in Australia and also traveled around New Zealand. That was an incredible trip because that trip is what really opened my eyes to to traveling and, and just like really ignited that spark and that fire. So then when I came back to Calgary, I just sought out every way I could to basically travel more. I did an exchange in Paris for two semesters. So I was living there for about 10 months. And then during that time, also traveled around all over Western Europe and then spent the summer after that traveling around Eastern Europe. So I mean, yeah, if you can like sum that all up as well into my favorite experience abroad, that was one of the most incredible years of my life. It was it was so fascinating, especially growing up in Canada, where we don't have, you know, a whole lot of history and then going and standing in these thousand year old churches in Europe. It was just like mind boggling and just, you know, being exposed to so many different cultures. And that's where I really got a, a really strong understanding that, you know, there's not just one way of, of doing things, not one way of looking at things, that there's many different ways. And yeah, it was just a phenomenal learning experience. It's amazing. It sounds like some incredible adventures that yes, you had. Yeah. <laughs> And as a person who obviously sees the benefits of traveling abroad, studying, or even working abroad, what kind of person do you think has the right sort of mentality or, you know, mindset in order to, to do something like that, to sort of take that, you know, leap of faith? I think so many people are really interested and they might think like, oh, no, no, that's not me. I could never do that. Do you think that there's a particular profile that you see or maybe a type of person that might not even consider themselves as? like a true traveler, but they have something about them that would bode very well for living and working abroad? Oh, that's a very good question. I would say it's probably like a sense of curiosity that has led them to us. And that curiosity kind of outweighs, you know, maybe what's hindering them from, from staying in Canada and kind of just doing, you know, maybe what they feel their parents expect of them or what society expects of them to, you know, stay and work or, or whatnot. But yeah, I would say it's just kind of a desire to kind of discover the unknown and, and just see what else is out there. I mean, the world has even changed so much since I first started traveling because when I first started traveling, there was an Instagram. <laughs> so I mean, even like when you see all those incredible images of, of people traveling, I think that that's kind of helped people understand that it's not as scary as you think to get out there and see the world just because now it's so much more visible. You can see more people, you know, out and about traveling or, or like yourself, you know, living in Spain. And, and once you see other people doing it, you think, well, maybe I can do it, you know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. As a person who has traveled abroad multiple times, I'm sure you've had your own challenging moments. So can you share maybe a challenging moment that you've had in your past and, and how you've overcome that? Because obviously that's always something that can potentially come up and, you know, being far away from home can sometimes be a scary experience, but I think it's also a great learning experience too for, for growing up and just, you know, the life experiences that someone yes. can have. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've been very lucky. I've, you know, I never, 
I haven't had anything really horrible happen to me while I was abroad. I mean, I actually, I had swine flu when I was on my exchange, which was not fun. <laughs> yeah. I know. But I mean, and I had a bit of jewelry stolen while I was backpacking. But I mean, these were things, you know, nothing I couldn't get through. I would say, you know, aside from those kind of unpleasant experiences, the most challenging moments were something that every traveler struggles with, and that's just loneliness. And maybe knowing that you're missing out on certain special events, you know, with your friends back home or maybe your family events or family Christmases. And yeah, I mean, that feeling of loneliness is very normal. And yeah, I think it's something that everyone deals with. But I think overcoming it is such a wonderful thing because then when you look back, you can think, I did this trip by myself and, you know, I saw all these amazing things and, you know, I met all these people. And there'll be times, you know, when you're abroad that you are lonely, but it, in a way that kind of loneliness pushes you to get out there and maybe integrate yourself more in your community and to meet other people. And then out of that comes some really incredible experiences and new friendships. So just kind of, you know, taking on that fear will help you kind of overcome that that challenge, I guess. So well said. <laughs> so knowing what you know now and all of the travel experiences that you've had, would you do anything differently if you had the chance to do it all over again? Oh, yes, I would. <laughs> so I mean, even though I've traveled so much, I actually, when I was younger, I didn't know that Canadians could do working holidays in so many countries. My very first trip, like I said, was a working holiday, but I thought that that was just specific to Australia. I had no idea that you could do it in, you know, 30 different countries. So if I would have known what I know now, I honestly probably would have spent my entire 20s doing working holidays around the world. <laughs> oh, when I started working here, one of the first things I told my dad was, wow, maybe you're kind of lucky that I didn't know about this because otherwise I would have just been returning from my travels now. <laughs> so, it's like dad you would have never seen me, seen me in yeah. My 20s. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it is actually incredible yeah. I thought the exact same thing about where the youth mobility visa I thought it was just for Australia as well and until my conversation with you I honestly didn't know that it was 30 different countries like that just blows yeah. my mind so I think as Canadians we're very lucky to to have this opportunity and especially a passport that allows yeah. you that opportunity so yeah exactly <laughs> and I mean I I absolutely enjoyed every trip I took going abroad, whether it was my exchange or backpacking or, or working holidays. But I would say if, again, if I had known what I know now, I would have, instead of maybe doing so much traveling, I think I would have enjoyed more the experience of living somewhere, just like what you're doing, because then mm -hmm. you can just get a better sense of, of a country and a culture. And it just would be such a different experience than when you're traveling, you know, and you're kind of always on the move and you're, you're still more or less just a visitor in that place. Just, yeah, as you know, Absolutely. it's such a different experience to live somewhere. So I think I, I wish that I would have done that. Yeah. What advice do you have for anyone who's thinking about making a big life change or looking to live and work abroad or take that quote unquote, you know, uh, yes. leap of faith? Okay. I would say do it and just don't look back. You know, it is really scary to think about picking up your life and, you know, moving across the world to a new country, maybe where they don't speak your language, but it will honestly be the most invigorating experience you will ever have. You will meet incredible 
incredible people. You're going to try new foods, see amazing sights, and all of these things will have a huge impact on you in so many wonderful ways. And if you're nervous about taking the leap, you know, you're not alone. There are tons of people out there, just like you, <laughs> who can support you, right? There's people <laughs> in your network. Maybe there's, you know, uh, you could ask around to your friends and family or coworkers. Everyone knows someone who's gone abroad. There's probably someone you can talk to, or even there's lots of groups on Facebook. You can get connected with people and, and just kind of ask questions. Or there's organizations like us uh, at Step Abroad who can help you every step of the way and be, you know, your support network and help you navigate the process and all the details and just answer any questions or hesitations that you have. It's not always easy to go abroad. There is, you know, a lot of work that's involved. Maybe you have to save up money. And then there's, you know, just navigating all of the kind of organizational paperwork and the visas and all that. But honestly, it's worth every bit of effort and then some. It's so easy to come up with excuses, you know, that now isn't the right time, whether it, you know, oh, I don't have enough money or, oh, I can't leave my job or, you know, whatever, maybe societal pressures. But the thing is, is that money will always return, but time doesn't. So you just got to go. <laughs> Wow, that I think that just gave me goosebumps. <laughs> it's so true, yeah. though. It's obviously money helps to live, but money is yeah. not everything. And I, for one, am a person all about experiences over mm -hmm. objects and, you know, just buying things. I would rather take a trip and create memories and look back fondly on the time that I used appropriately as opposed to, you know, being on my deathbed, being like, oh, I should have done this or I wish yeah. I had done that. You know, I 100% yeah, agree with exactly. you on that. So. So, yeah, I love yeah. that. That's amazing. Well, I think that's a really great place okay, to perfect. end. And I want to thank you so much for sharing about Step Abroad and even your own personal story here on the Locate Travel oh, Podcast. Course. If our listeners would like to learn more about your organization or connect with you, where would be the best place for them? To yeah, so it? I'd say first step would just be to check out our website. It's just stepabroad.com. Otherwise, you could also find us on Instagram. We're at go.stepabroad so you can connect with us there send us a message or take a look on our website and you can contact us through a number of ways on the website there as well amazing and we'll make sure we include those on the show notes we'll also be including a follow-up post on our blog as well with all of this information so yeah thank you again thank so much allison so much and i'm really excited to see you're very welcome and i'm really excited to see how step abroad you know grows and evolves yes. and hopefully we can yes. chat very me soon me too thank you again so much you're welcome bye, -bye. bye. And with that, we come to the end of this podcast episode. I hope you all have an amazing morning, afternoon, and evening. Do one thing this week that your future self will thank you for. I'm Kate, and I'm thrilled to have had time in your earbuds today. Thank you for listening. Until next time.